Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sam Legasic. And I'm Dreadful Dan Gallagher. And we're two old buddies that have lived our life at the edge of the mainstream. So come join us where things are a little... odd. This is the... of yours will be reduced to a burned out cinder. Hello everybody, welcome to Oddcast, Movies, Music and Gaming. Here with me today is Dreadful Zanji. Hello. Hiya, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. And how are you? Yeah, good. Having a good week. Uh, enjoying a bit of this uh, burn cycle stuff. Haven't mm-hmm. played the game, but been checking out some of the um, video footage to get yes. acquainted. Although I understand you have played it and are a big fan. Many a time, many a time. So yes, this week we're going to be talking about the classic. Is it a classic? Well, the old game. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, which is Burn Cycle. So, Dan, tell me anything you know about Burn Cycle before I put this on the list. Was it anything? Have you ever heard of it before? I'd never heard of it before. Okay, that's good though. That's a good that's that's good. So looking at the initial stuff that I sent you and like the cover and all this, what did you think? What did you think it was? Tell me about your process of researching this. <laughs> I thought, oh here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um it looks very much of its time. 
it looks, mm-hmm. you know, it's that William Gibson, Neuromancer, sort of early early nineties, predicting the millennium and dystopic thought control, techno punks and cybercrime. Yeah, um, that's what I thought, and I and uh, I think I think I hit the nail on the head, frankly. Yes, <laughs> you did. Yeah. I mean, the kind of the front cover um, kind of says it all. So, for, for people that don't know, Burn Cycle, and it has a little um, colon, and I'm not talking about a bumhole, um, but it has a little colon between Burn and Cycle. Um, it's basically uh, <laughs> Burn Colon. Burn, burn your colon. Um, burn Colon Cycle. Well, if you look at the actual cover, it does look like a bumhole. Um, so, basically, this was one of arguably the first good FMV game. Now, what is an FMV game? FMV is full motion video. So the difference being is that back when games started to use CDs and people would be like, oh, like PlayStation and stuff like that. Yes, but um, PCs were basically the first to do it. Philips um, were really pushing it. And... um, this was kind of like the first one that kind of came out that people thought was actually uh, quite decent. Um, and I would agree with that. So it was released in, uh, I believe 1994. Um, and then it came out. Yeah. For the, for the CDI. Yeah. The CDI. Yeah. I don't remember that at all. Did you remember that? Yeah, Do you know I'm, anyone that had one? No, I don't know. No, we don't. I mean, because we we knew each other back then, but as in, like, I don't think we knew anyone that had a CDI. No. Um, but it was a kind of you know blink and you miss it thing. Um, I bet it was it, really expensive. Yeah. Ninety four was still Mega Drive and SNES. Yeah. Well, this is so it. Anyone... So this was when PlayStation. So yeah, it got caught. Basically, what happened, especially with like these these kind of things, is that stuff like the CDI, and there were a couple of others as well. Um, uh, like Sega Saturn as well, I think was I think it's came out for Sega Saturn. Um, uh, basically, got completely fucked by the PlayStation. Um, when did the PlayStation launch in the UK? I thought it was a bit later than that. I thought it was like ninety six. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was ninety six. Um, so this is kind yeah. of a bit ahead of the curve. I imagine this is oh, really yeah. so expensive. It was, yeah, it was ninety five here. 94 in Japan, 95 here, because obviously we had that for a while there. This might be news to all, like, the young kids, but, like, stuff would always get released in Japan and then America and then Europe usually, which yeah. meant you always had, like, you always knew someone who had gone to Japan and got, like, a PlayStation 2 first or a PlayStation first or whatever, or you could pay, like, the import fees and sometimes you could find some at the back of magazines and pay, like, basically double to get, like, a Japanese game or Japanese whatever you needed. But um, so it didn't all come out at the same time. I mean, it still doesn't really, but it's days now as opposed to months is what it used to be. Mm. But yeah, the CDI, so it came out for that. It was basically the first kind of yeah, decent, fairly decent game for it. Um, and it did come out on PC, which is how I played it later on. Um, and apparently it did, yeah, apparently it did get a port to Saturn and PlayStation, but I don't remember, I don't remember that at all, but fine. I, th- I think um, they weren't released. I think they, they went uh, through some of the production. It uh, didn't come out. That's right. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'm just reading that now. Actually, yeah, they were never released. Um, but that makes sense because, yeah, this was uh, um, this is a kind of well received ish 
uh, uh, game. And yeah, so the idea, if people don't know, full motion video, FMVs, basically um, because the CDs and the space it allowed you to do, you could actually film real people. You could actually film re- real people and put them against like different backgrounds, et cetera, et cetera. Amazing. Yeah, it was, it was pretty amazing. And um, uh, yeah, some, it had never been done quite like this before. And for people like me as a kid, it was like you were playing a movie. Yeah. Um, and that was great. And there's been a lot of, uh, I guess, like some of the famous ones are uh, Night Trap, for instance. Um, that's probably the most famous early FMV game, but it's notoriously awful. Um, and then you've got like weird stuff um, like Harvester. People might have seen that I started playing Harvester on Twitch and then I haven't really touched my Twitch channel for a while. But yeah, Harvester is another one. And that's really good. Um, I think, Dan, you'd love Harvester. You can get it for like three pounds or something on Steam. I like the Harvester, so the restaurant, the chain of restaurants. (laughs) It's a little bit different from that. Imagine a really fucked up Twin Peaks, if you can imagine that. There's even more fucked up, Um, and uh, the main guy is a paedophile as well. Even better. Yeah, wasn't it? Wasn't at the time ticking all my boxes. Was at the time. Yeah, but um, anyway, so this is this is FMV. So um, that's what that was. Burn cycle. Um, yeah, as I said, I played it on PC. I, it came with my PC. If I remember, like when my stepdad um, bought it, brought it home, you get you used to get like whatever, like three or four games or whatever. And you're kind of what the fuck these are. Um, one of them was Burn Cycle. And I was like, oh, it's just interesting because the cover, it's very 90s. So it's very like hackers and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, it's about, it's got like a guy, Soul Cutter is his name, which is like absolutely. The, it's, it's just on the nose kind of name there. Um, it's got like his face and he's like, because his brain's getting imploded or whatever. Um, and then it's kind of got like a computer version of him and a real version of him at size. It's got people with guns and, and all this. It looks very like sci-fi. And as you said, like cyberpunk and all that stuff. And it's completely that. A bit um, lawnmower, man. Exactly, yeah. lawnmower, man. Exactly, and all that. Um, so that was, I played this... Um, when I was a kid, I will probably say close to like 40 times or something ridiculous. Because no, wow. Is, well, the thing is, is that the whole kind of point of the game, and I'll get onto this, is that you have to complete it within two hours or it's game over. So you can do it in one sitting. It's not like a big deal. And I used to like try different things and, you know, play around with um, bits and pieces or whatever. But once you know the sequence of events that you have to do, you know, you can just go through it super quick. Um, so that leads me to an initial question because mm-hmm. the video on YouTube where someone's put all the cutscenes together is approximately an hour and 20 minutes. Right. So you're saying there's uh, only actually 40 minutes of actual decision-making and gameplay? No, I would say it's still... Uh, I don't think that would be all the cutscenes. I don't think the cutscenes will be an hour and 20 minutes. Uh, uh, maybe, they're, maybe they're playing it as well. Yeah, so it's like the actual gameplay um, is uh, is a lot of puzzles, a lot of working out puzzles, um, and a lot of like clicking stuff. There is kind of shooting sequences, but you just have to click your mouse on the person as he comes up and you shoot him, basically. So gameplay-wise, it is super easy. Um, and that's one of the things I quite like about it is that it kind of mixes it up a bit between like shoot these things, like you've got these meteors as well when you're in your spaceship, you shoot the meteors and then it goes to like puzzles, which I think are actually pretty good. Like some are pretty simple. Some are actually a bit more complicated. 
Um, and I quite like the puzzle aspect of it um, because each one feels a little bit different. It's not like you know, a fucking lockpick thing in um, whatever, any of those games, which none of which I can remember now, where it's like, oh, okay, you have to do like the same, like, like Fallout, I think it does it. You're doing the same mini game each, every time, like fucking okay, it's been like a hundred times I've had to do the same thing. Um, with these, they're all like quite different in terms of the puzzles. And there's a yeah. lot of just um, clicking to like walk around places and then it will go to like a cutscene and stuff. So you're not like physically, it's just click and point, basically adventure. You're not actually like doing too much. Um, yeah, so this was uh, this was a British game, I believe. Um, and it stars, <coughs> it stars as Soul Cutter. It stars this guy called Aaron Swartz. Now for those, um, I'm going to basically call him out because Aaron Swartz decided, was going to be on the show and he was up for it and we were going to talk to him and ask him loads of questions about this because I was so excited. I played Burn Cycle a million times, as I said. There's not much information out there about any anything to do with it, really, not that I could find. So this was going to be quite cool to kind of go over this stuff with what was uh, I felt was like a classic game. And then at the last second, he ditched us and said he didn't want to do it anymore and has basically ghosted us. Um, what did you say to him, Sam? I said, look, don't be a cunt. No, before then, to offend him so much. I said, hello, cunt. <laughs> Cunter, soul cunter. That's your name, isn't it? <laughs> How did he go from being so game to just doing a complete He probably U-turn. listened to the podcast. It was like, oh, man, this is the fuck. Yeah, so he, he was completely... I reached out to... Um, there's a character called Gaia. Gaia, whatever. Um, <laughs> Abigail Cunton, as I call her. It's Abigail Cunton. Just making another cunt joke. I'm using the word cunt way too much. But um, she was an actress. Um, I reached out to her. She blocked me. <laughs> <laughs> so that went really well. Um, I tried to I tried to get in touch with the director, this guy called Etan Arusi. He went on to do a few shorts. He did a horror film. I can't remember what it's called. It's supposed to be awful. Um, and I don't know what he does now, but um, couldn't get hold of him either. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit of a difficult process, but I thought, let's cover it anyway. I'm going to have to give up on the chase to get anyone who's got some insider info um, but if anyone does is listening to this and has any information, send it in because I would I'm genuinely interested um, in the story behind this because it's it's a strange story. It's a strange game to be made. Everything about it is just a bit weird, and it's so '90s, and it feels all like you can tell when you look at the production value. It looks cheap and yet amazing at the same yeah. time. And that's what I love about it. Um, it really is a time capsule, isn't it? Just yeah, visually. Yeah. And, it's and like, in the content as well, actually. Like the dialogue and the storyline. Like they're really cheesy, actually, like mm. looking at it now. But um, yeah, it was probably really exciting at the time. Yeah. And there was, exactly, FMV for a start. And also like 90 minutes and you're done. Like it's not hanging around. Like you can get through it, I mean, or two hours, whatever. But then you're, you're out... Um, I never died or anything in it ever. Um, and I actually looked up because you can die. You can get shot. You, the time could be up. The two hour thing could be up and you explode. Brain explodes, I guess. 
And I had to look at all these different things, uh, different endings and let them up because I didn't, I actually, I genuinely thought, you know how we were talking about Senua's Sacrifice not too long ago? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, if the thing goes up into your head, then it's game over. No, you know, can't go back to your save. And I wasn't sure if that's real or not. <clears throat> Still not, to be honest. And um, I thought it might have been the same here in a sense of like, you, it just, it's telling you you've got two hours, but whatever, doesn't care. It's nicely timing it. Apparently it does. Apparently it does time it and you need to do it within that time. Um, Good. So, I like rules. I like, I like when rules are followed through. Exactly. It's weird, isn't it? Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, let's take a quick break and then we'll come on to the actual story because that's where the meat and the juice lie. And I have absolutely no fucking idea what happens. So, um, <laughs> but you love juice. But I loved it. I loved the juiciness. Um, so, yeah, just take a break and come back. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Yeah, so basically the story is you play Soul Cutter. You are some kind of tech thief. You get something, get some kind of virus in your head and you've got two hours to get it out. Otherwise, it will erase your memory and essentially kill you. Um, so that's, that's a pretty cool setup, actually. Like for a, that's, a, that's a cool setup for a noir. And this is yeah. kind of like a neo-noir, isn't it? Yeah. In fact, that is the setup for the film DOA, which is a classic 1930s uh, yeah, film noir. So um, that two-hour thing, virus in his head. <laughs> not a virus someone uh poisons him oh. and he's basically got 24 hours to find out who his murderer um is, will be was, that's good will yeah. be yeah um yeah, that's so yeah film. that is that is that is solid actually that's a solid yeah. start already i like that yeah it's good um and the, yeah so the idea is that you're like i need to get this out of my head and then obviously other things like crop up um but that's kind of the framework of the whole thing. You meet different characters, you try um, and figure it out, but at the same time, you're getting like flashbacks. It's starting to like go through your memories as as it's like 
you're finding it hard to remember stuff and there's some kind of thing that's happened that you're trying to remember. Um, and then basically it ends up with you being in the computer world and you meet essentially the equivalent of Tyrell from Blade Runner. Um, and then you go back to the real world, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll kind of get to that, I guess. Um, yeah, as I said, where's its influence is very, very much on its sleeve. Blade Runner is obviously a big one, but it's got all that nineties tech stuff. So you're looking at, um, I don't think uh, Johnny Mnemonic, maybe that was out around him this time. Hackers for sure. Um, what else was that kind of like cyber? You remember cyber dog in Camden? I think that's yeah. God knows. It's all that kind of vibe, especially because, um, uh, if, that time, like me and Daniel know, specifically with Cyberdog and all this stuff, that kind of raving outfit yeah. look where it's like really bright neon yeah. colours and wearing weird plastic rubber yeah. stuff or whatever, <laughs> that was kind of the thing. So you can see why this looks as it did because it's very much of that London supposedly alternative kind of weird tech dancing i guess totally yeah it's also got a bit of max headroom yeah <laughs> yeah it's um it's it's different and that is a bit odd so i guess is why it's quite a nice little fit for this um but yeah what else would you say it kind of looks like um visually i was trying to think it's like i don't want to it's not like matrix obviously because that's all like dark and everything but that yeah that's a bit later as well isn't it yeah like, it's still kind of like, clunky do you remember yeah. that tv show reboot no, that was on around this time. And that was all this sort of like quite early animated graphics. It was all taking place inside like a, a computer chip. Right. That's interesting. I don't remember that. Hmm. Um, but yeah, Lawmo Man, I suppose, is a good one. But that kind of yeah. like really bright, weird thing. And it's trying to be a noir. It's trying to be like how Blade It's neo noir. Yeah. Yeah, neo noir. Um, everything's, everything's got like purple and pink. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's exactly that. But Soul Cutter is kind of like wearing essentially black and red. Seems like Mr. Cool, I guess. Um, so I'm going to try and go through the story as much as possible, but I'm going to be honest, um, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and it's just, it's it's blatantly written by someone who like was watching, I don't know, like Tarantino stuff or like crime movies and as well as like sci-fi stuff, like trying to make, trying to make it like gritty and dramatic and all this. Um, nice. Yeah. Which is quite interesting. Um, so Good yeah, ambitions to have. Exactly. Let's see how successful they were. Yeah. <laughs> so it starts off. Uh, what I liked about it is that it starts off straight from when you get the virus. So there's no like, there's no real lead up to like you fucking like, okay, we're going to do this crime. We're going to, my name's Sol Cutter. And now, you know, and I've been put on this job or whatever. You're just straight in. Poof, you've got this like virus in your head. And then straight away, it's like, oh, you've got to escape. Um, you're like, oh, God, my head hurts or whatever. So there's a little bit of a shootout scene as you're trying to, like, get out and you plant a bomb. And then Chris, who's, like, your mate, essentially, you're on the thing, on this crime with, she gets shot. And uh, there's, like, a big kind of death scene. You're like, oh, my God. So anyway, you get out of there. And then you're like, oh, I've got to get, um, I've got this burn cycle virus in my head. It's going to kill me in two hours or whatever. Um, shit, I'm going to have to figure out what I have to do. So you land basically on this, like in this cityscape where there's no one on the streets and all that stuff just looks fucking weird as well. And this is kind of the main problem I had when playing the game is that you have to like click your button to change your viewpoint to go into places okay. and you can easily get lost because it's not fucking clear 
where you're clicking or how you get to certain places. Um, and that's my main criticism is that I remember specifically the first time I played it, I was fucking about for so long. Cause I was just like, I don't know what I was, but I've gone everywhere. And basically, cause I didn't click on a specific part of like one screen. I didn't realize that there was like an alley or whatever that you could actually <laughs> look at and go down because it's just not, it's just so clunky in that way. Um, so that's like a kind of big criticism. I had to start with it. Um, but anyway, you, you land, you realize you need more power for your vehicle. You need the money. It's all this stuff. So you've kind of got a bunch of like little puzzles and quests um, and all this. Um, you go and get your, you get some money from the bank and you upload part of the stuff. And they're like, oh, you've got this virus. You need to kind of go get that sorted out. So it's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Okay, fine. So he meets this guy. And this always made me feel weird. He's meet this guy called Zip. I think is his name and basically he's the druggie so the idea is that his drug is like virtual experiences or whatever so like artificial right. highs so um i wondered if this would come into it because <laughs> the whole time i've been sitting here thinking about that um i can't what it's called juliet lewis film and uh, uh Ray yeah, Fiennes, that, yeah, strange turn days. of the millennium yeah strange days yeah and that's all that like trading in memories and like it's a drug. That's right. Yeah. You you are able to record your experiences and the mental. And that's, that's really good. I love that film. Just I really like it as well. It. It's like, yeah, it's like the thrill of killing someone or whatever. And someone's basically like putting these snuff movies out and sharing them around and everyone's getting a high off yeah. these people, which is really fucking weird. Um, but this game predate, predates our film, doesn't it? Uh, or it'd be pretty close. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think Strange Days might have been 96, 97. Yeah. Um, you keep talking, I'll look it up. Yeah. And um, 95. 95. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, so, yeah, it would have been just, just afterwards, I guess, kind of doing it at the same time. Yeah, this zip guy, he talks like Noel Fielding a little bit. Hey, Cutter, how you doing, man? Yes, I've got, that's not me doing an Noel Fielding impression. That's me trying to do the zip, but it's that kind of like weird. Um, articulation i guess yeah it's like i was always listening again god it's such a it says it so weirdly um but yeah so basically you've got to give something to him and he'll give something to you and it becomes like a series of MacGuffins, basically for you to kind of get one power to your car so you can get off this place um and also figure out um you know how you're gonna get this thing out of your head so you, there's like you take part in like a competition where you're like throwing and this bit always confused me and I still don't um, remember how to do it, but you've cut, there's kind of like a battle arena between two people. And the idea is that you're projecting symbols and you're, mm. and you're trying to beat the other person. I think, I think the other, it's like a battle to the death almost. I think they die or something or their mind goes funny um, if they lose. So anyway, you've got to kind of, and I always remember this because I never specifically remember what I'm trying to do, but you're trying to like click on a certain, um, uh, symbol to beat the other person. Anyway, once you've beaten that, you get a prize, you go to the bar, you get something that he wants, blah, 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 blah. So you've got the secrets of events. Um, and you basically uh, find, um, as you're kind of walking around, you also find uh, this woman who is uh, Gaia, I think is her name. Um, now, I've, in my head, as I remember it, she was just some like, basically prostitute who um it's a bit like kick ass or has some like military experience and you're uh -huh. just like oh, okay you kind of hire her to help you get into this 
ho- to get into your hotel, I think it is, so that you can go get your stuff and get back out. Um, but I've read since that she's actually like, um, she's like an old acquaintance of his and he's how she doesn't recognize him because he's had his face altered when he was undercover or something weird. But I don't remember ever that coming across clearly when I played the game. Um, but yeah, whatever. So you go, maybe, with, uh, maybe someone listening will, uh, will know what was going on there in that little subplot. Yeah. I mean, if you could probably go through the, um, cut scenes and find out for yourself, I hmm. guess if I, or you know, I can, if I was that bothered, but, um, yeah, so essentially you go into your hotel room, you get your belongings, you get some other bits and pieces, whatever. Then it gets raided um, and you're able to escape, blah, blah, blah. So basically all that stuff kind of happens. But what's cool about this bit is that you see like all like the stuff at the bar and there's like these kind of like 2D cutouts of like real people who are supposed to be like standing there clubbing. And it's just, some of them are just fucking awful, um, but it's quite funny. Um, and you've got like a, it's like supposed to be like some kind of like robot human and it's just like he's just got this like black suit he's just got like fucking like um plumbing pipes or whatever just coming from it's like some shit red dwarf or something like that like, <laughs> um villain uh which is quite funny um so that's all quite quite cool and quite nice so anyway you get away she double crosses you and all this stuff she's like the you know the um femme fatale as it were and i fancy the pants off her i remember that like everything like that. i just remember being like as a kid just being like she's hot even though she's not wearing anything particularly revealing at all. She's got like a bit of thigh on show, but that's about it. But I she's edgy, edgy thing. and cool. Exactly. I enjoyed it all. Um, you know, so, these kind of characters, yeah. sorry, just to go off on a bit of a yeah, tangent. Yeah. Like this is 94 and this yeah. is like the heyday peak of these kind of characters. These like strong, edgy, female, like techno hacker type characters, mm-hmm. right? I, guess, I mean, yeah. she's not unique. That's kind of like a bit, a bit of a trope, wouldn't you say, around this time? Yeah, I know. It wasn't unique, not particularly. Yeah. I, mean, it's, I mean, the femme fatale obviously isn't unique at all. But yeah, having like this double-crossing, like, you know, sexy, as you said, like tech-based. Yeah. Um, and this is like mid-90s, mid-90s, right? So then I, you know, I ended up then working and publishing and Here we, go. we had all the big girl with the dragon tattoo yes yes and and that's like 2009 yeah Same and right. i tear every fucking every fucking day oh it's so good steve larson you see he's created this amazing character she's so unique Elizabeth slander yeah i was like are you, are you kidding this is like so old hat and naff she's got she's got a tattoo and she can hack into computers and she uh and she beats up a man i was like oh my god like these sad old farts i work with like wow so exciting never seen a woman like it yeah it is weird because yeah well with her character in particular i mean i really liked um i mean to be fair i've not i've not read the books but i, I liked the um american and the swedish films um, I guess I didn't really like the American films that much, probably the first one, but the Swedish film, Swedish films I quite enjoyed. But um, yeah, it's not. Yeah, I wasn't watching that thinking, oh, she's new, like cool. But to be honest, it's like it's the same as like Trinity for Matrix. It's like yeah, you know that's and that was what fifteen years before yeah. or something. It's like yeah, not, it's not that crazy. Um, but yeah, it's all cyclical 
isn't it? I suppose um, things like this, people think it's new and edgy, and it's like, well, just kind of rehashing the same ground. So I think he was just like a sort of middle-aged man who got off on this kind of thing. Burnside. He probably played Burnside. He's probably Steve. like you. He's probably like this character getting all excited, <laughs> stayed in his head, yeah. and he's written this sort of weird sort of fantasy about that character getting turned on by another sad middle-aged sort of like journalist. True. Who knows? The burn cycle continues. Yeah. <laughs> Never ends. Um, anyway. well, well, yeah. Anyway, so, um, yeah, kind of getting to the crux of it now. So all that happens in like the first hour or so. And then you get to this brain doctor guy and he's like, oh, okay, yeah. So basically you're going to die pretty much. So you have to get in there. So what we're going to do is put you into like the tech world. Um, your body's going to stay here. You're just going to be uploaded there. He's like, well, how do I get back? He's like, oh, you're going to have to find like Vittel or whatever his name is, who's the, um, yeah, who's like essentially the Tyrell of, um, of Vialia, so essentially the Tyrell of this world. And he's, he'll sort you out. Apparently he's got like an upload code. So he's like, okay, fine. Meanwhile, he's getting all these flashbacks of some fat guy in a mustache um, <laughs> killing these guys in front of him when he like worked for the, the company that he stole from or something. So the idea is that, yeah, he is stealing from this company that he used to work for. Um, don't know who this guy is that's killing people. Don't really know why he's killing anyone, but I don't know. There seems to be some kind of drama there. And then he goes into, like, this tech world, um, and there's bits of him missing. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, it's because my software is shit, so you have to go get him back. So then you've got this weird sequence in, like, the tech world where he has to do, like, a variety of these puzzles to get his like parts of his back, uh, his himself back, and it's quite funny because um, they're just like it's just static when he's like walking around. But one of the pieces is like supposed to be like a version of him, and it's other like it's like a member of Bros or something. It's like leather jacket, and he's trying to be hard. It's just some like lanky guy who looks nothing like him. It's like if it's supposed to be like a representation of him, why not make it him again? <laughs> like why are we why are you using someone else? Um, and it's That's like, strange. It's like his own guilt. He's trying to deal with his own guilt because Chris died. And then Chris, who's the woman at the beginning, she's like in there, but she's virtual and all this, blah, 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 blah. So you go through all this stuff, you get your bits back, and then you go meet um, Bielli. Bielli's like, yeah, cool. He, he, you know, this is what you need to kind of get rid of the burn cycle. She's like, okay, cheers. So you do this little puzzle, burn cycle's gone. Great. Okay, you're not going to die anymore. Um, and he's like, okay, yeah, now listen, um, outside, and it, like the guy with the big fat guy with the mustache is now like, hey, bring out that code or I'm going to kill you. And it's like, okay. So you find out that basically the idea was that he was hired by that guy who was his old boss to go back to that company, steal something, which had turned out to be the burn cycle virus implanted in him on purpose so that he would have to go to this tech world to find Vieli so that he could um, essentially uh, kill Vieli with this virus or get and get this upload code, which Vieli has mastered because essentially it's the key to immortality because you can download your consciousness and re-upload it to anybody that you want. So you could basically live forever. Um, it kind of nice. does away with the idea of like the soul, soul car, because it's like it's just that whole classic thing of like you, whoever you are and whatever you are, is just a bunch of information. So we can yeah. upload that. We can upload it anyway. So that's, that's what they want. I it's like just, it as a plan. 
because actually I'm sure he could have achieved this through far simpler means. Yeah. But I do like a schema. Yeah, exactly. So it's a long scheme and it's that kind of thing where you're just like, why did he not make it easier then for him to like get to this point in the in the first place? But anyway, so um Vieri's like, yeah, so they want my code, but we're not gonna let that happen. So what I'm gonna do is upload you into like this really hot woman's body. Um, and she's a pleasure model, classic kind of fucking um misogynistic <laughs> uh, um, you know, uh objectification oh. of, of women there. Um, go into this hot woman's body and then what I want you to do is steal my head, literally my head, because it's got the upload code in it. Um, and then let me know. So anyway, you get uploaded, um, you get uh into this woman's body, then there's another shootout scene when all these guys are after you and you see your like slumped male body just like there. Um, and you can't get the head out. You don't try very hard. All you're trying to do is like put it through a window, and she basically is like, fuck it, and she climbs out and escapes. And then she's like, yeah, sorry, Vieri. Uh, she's talking to like the tech world now, you know, she's in the real world. Like, sorry, Vieri, on like a monitor thing. I, I left your head there. And he's like, I knew you would leave my head there. So that's why there's a virus in it. And now it's going to, they're going to upload it and it's going to destroy everything. And she's like, oh, okay, lucky. Uh, cool. All right. And then um, the whole of like this massive corporation, you just see all these screens shutting down and she just rides off into the distance. I think the last line is something like, I love my new body. I wonder what it'll look like with an all-over tan. It's like he's just perving on himself now in a weird <laughs> metaphysical way. And that's it. So it's really weird. It's like everything just led up, everything like weirdly led up to the scene where it's like it was expected that he wouldn't escape with the head. Uh, and that was the plan, I guess. That is a that is a major, that is a twist. That is writing, my friend. That is pure writing. Um, not sure what it's writing, but it's writing something. But yeah, I mean, the end of the day, it's just like, it's just to have people pointing guns at each other, say some stupid lines, get onto like another bit of action and, you know, trying to mix things up a bit. Um, but I never yeah. paid too much uh, attention to it. I just liked the idea that it was like people on screen, like a moving thing. And it, for me, it was a precursor to like the fact that you get all these amazing graphics today. Just bear in mind that exactly as she said, like at this point you had like fucking mega drive and like sprites on which is cool in its own thing but nothing like that i hadn't seen or done anything like that before yeah very different very different mm-hmm. and to be uh, honest you know i think we found this um guy's blog online oh yeah um chap called rich johnston um who i don't believe is credited in the game so we have to take him at his word right but he claims he wrote some of the dialogue for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, you know, in that regard, it, uh, it was dashed off basically in one afternoon. Right. He was invited by the actual writer, Eton. I think you, you said his name was at the beginning. Uh, yeah, I can't, I don't know how you pronounce it. Something like that, yeah. Eton? 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 Eton Mess. Yeah. Um... And so, yeah, they just kind of rattled it off. And he said, you know, reviewing it recently, it just made him laugh. Um, but really, like, it's more about, like you said, that vibe, the atmosphere, yeah, and some of the kind of, like, concepts, all these kind of big silly ideas. He's kind of said, uh, you know, it's corporate warfare, existential darkness, hmm. some metaphysical stuff. Um, and just bits and bobs of what was floating around in like main, like mainstream dystopic science fiction. So mm. 
Yeah, all the kind of the, the specifics of the storyline and the dialogue and everything. Yeah. Um, it's forgivable. <laughs> yeah, it's I, yeah, it's weird because it's like a weird thing to recommend because it's so quick and there's so much in there. But um, it is genuinely fun. The puzzles are really fun as well, like because that is the main bulk of the game is watching stuff and then doing little puzzles. Um, but I genuinely found it uh, really interesting, and I just like that whole like early three D render yeah. kind of look. It just looks weirdly like stark and like I don't know it's just something about it which looks quite the fact that it's not like you know you're walking around these big buildings and it's like you're in that um it's like it's like you're in another world but like a really horrible because everything's like black basically it's like yeah. it's like weird hellscape almost and it's supposed to look all cool and stuff when it actually looks really it's not like a bright fuzzy future it's this like horrible like pitch black yeah. dark thing um yeah it's weird uh such a weird game but um yes it's something that i don't know by the sounds of it um uh i mean what do you it, basically would you think that, would this appeal to you was this would this have appealed to you back then had you seen it um and would it appeal to you now um i remember seeing clips of um fmvs on like games master right. <laughs> or whatever whatever was on tv bad influence um and thinking they looked quite exciting yeah but at the same time i think it was a bit i think i was a bit uh scared i don't know mm. it all looked like because uh, all these games were kind of a bit like darker and um be honest, I think I got flashback for the Mega Drive. Do you remember that game? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, it is, isn't it? And that, that's kind of a little bit. It's not, it hasn't got a video um, footage in it, but it's a similar kind of concept and storyline. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, no, this isn't for me. And I took it back and I traded it in for Tailspin. Just <laughs> genuinely a great game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, Those Disney Mega Drive games... Uh, all top notch. Yeah. It's so yeah, that's the mindset I was in uh, around 1994. Yeah. Um, I think I probably, <laughs> I think I probably get more of a kick out of it now, because at the time I, I I thought it was quite ugly. All of this, mm. you know, it took them a while to get it right. And when the PlayStation came out, I hated it. And I hated all this. Like suddenly, we're trying to do 3D graphics for everything. Yeah. But it's like any new emerging technology it takes them a while to get to grips with it. I look at the early days of CGI. Yeah. How shit all of that looks. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so yeah, I think now I look back on it and I'm a bit more, um, a bit more open to it because it's got that weird nostalgia and I like that it's a bit shitty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's funny you do about the CGI stuff because um, I was watching Jurassic Park again for the first time in ages. Oh yeah. And that still stands up because for one thing, it's a mixture of models and CGI, but also like, all the CGI stuff is either middle or like background, if that makes sense. So you don't have to worry too much about it. Yeah. Too up close. That's when they used all the models and stuff for the most part. Mm. Um, but also like it's mainly in the dark. So mm. it's like you cover it up really well by just having it in the back. Like obviously there's like scenes like the big, uh, if you remember like the Bronchosaurus, the first thing they see. 
and all that. And like, yeah, that's yeah, that looks good. Yeah, and that that still that still stands up to a degree. I mean, like, obviously it's kind of faded a bit now, but that was around this time. You think about it, and then you see like things like Event Horizon or whatever, which is ninety six, ninety seven, and like the water and blood and stuff. And it's like, God, it's just like like a cartoon on top of action. It's just so like Blade was another one. It's like Jesus, it's this. I mean, Blade Two is fucking atrocious. Some of the CGI in that. Um, I suppose it's like Jurassic Park had a big enough budget. They were like, let's get this right. Yeah. And then when they saw that it worked, all these other sort of like middling movies started trying to use it and and doing it badly. Yeah. And then of course, like the the, the one that kind of stands out for me is Phantom Menace. Yeah. Well, yeah, don't get me started on that. (sighs) Forever. Um, (laughs) But yeah, like, well, Jurassic Park, we're going off on one now, not about Burn Cycle, but Jurassic Park was the film that basically... Um, as you said, kind of kick-started the CG um, revolution as such because people were now, uh, like, for instance, Peter Jackson did started working on Lord of the Rings because he saw Jurassic Park and was like, okay, like this is possible now. Like, we huh. can do this kind of thing. Um, wow. And that's the same for, like, a lot of people. Um, you know, and then, but that's the thing. It's like it was used better back then when it was more, like, scarce. Like when you see like um yeah. that's why like the yeah, Phantom Menace and all that stuff as well. To be fair, Phantom Menace out of the three of them was the was the most real um of them. Like Attack of the Clones and Avenger of the Sith is much more CG based. Um but then you look at like something like well, even Titanic, where that was a that was an incredibly that stands up to this day because again it was a mixture of all these different um visual effects put together and not just CG. That's yeah, it looks so great. Um, but yeah, sorry, going off on one. Burn cycle, you can definitely tell that it's all <laughs> it's all fucking uh, real people against h- horrifically uh, rendered 3D backgrounds. Um, That's the other thing about it as well, isn't it? I mean, the resolution yeah. must be pretty low. So even watching it, you know, I'm, I've been watching this footage on, uh, on YouTube mm. and it's at like, what, 360... Um, and it just looks really. Yeah, I put it on the TV. It's all pixelated and shitty. Yeah, remember that's how it looked back then. Remember? Yeah, no, it's not nothing much has changed in that. Um, <laughs> that's part of the appeal as well, though. Yeah, for sure. How did they? How did they? Do you know how they like actually filmed it all? And this guy's saying, you know, it's all on blue screen, and yeah. maybe maybe think about about that. Actually, I don't even know why we went from uh, blue screen to green screen. You know what? I don't actually know why either. Because, yeah, when you look at, like, Phantom Menace and stuff, like, most of that's, if not all of it, is on um, blue screen. I think maybe it's just people are less likely to wear green. Maybe because it's a brighter colour as well, so it might be easier to key out Mm. um, as it progressed rather than blue. But I don't actually, I'm not 100% sure. Blue blue screen was part of the the lexicon back then. Now people never say it anymore. Oh yeah, it's green screen now. God, you just laughed out of the <laughs> wherever you are. You started talking about blue screens. Um but yeah, so anyway, I guess that's kind of that's burn cycle. Um just a nice little uh chat about it. There's not I know there's yeah. no real nuggets of information there, but um which is a shame. You can blame that on uh, Soul Cutter, Mr. Aaron Swartz himself. Um, he's not going to talk to me again anyway. Probably won't even be listening to this. Um, but, uh, yeah, which is a shame. 
Um, There's one aspect that we haven't spoken about. Go on. Uh, the music. Oh, the music. Well, yeah, this was supposed to be the f- um, the first, as I was reading, the first uh, a video game that used orchestral music. And part of that is because, obviously, it being one of the first CD games, it was one of the first that was possible to have proper music on, which is part of the appeal of CDs in the first place. Yeah, so that's cool. Yeah, that is cool. And that's, to be honest, I quite like the music. It's, it's of its time, obviously, but um, I quite like it. Apparently, this chap, Simon Boswell, he's called, um, actually worked on some really cool stuff. Apparently, he's done some soundtracks for a few Argento films. Like what? Which ones? Uh, not sure. Some Giallos. Okay. Uh, not Suspiria and Inferno and all that. Right. Um, apparently, also, I, I never know how to pronounce this guy's name, Alejandro Jodorowsky. Right. Or is it Jodorowsky? Um, he did. He's like he's done like weird, acid, trippy Mexican films. Okay. Um, what's his big one called? I think it translates to like the mole or something. Um, but he did. He did a film called Santa Sangre, and that's what this guy um, did. This, uh, apparently, did the score for. Oh. Um, some Clive Barker stuff. Lord of Illusions. Okay. Yep. Uh, Shallow Grave and Hackers. Oh yeah, with well, So there you go. Yeah, right there. That's that's probably why he got commissioned for this. Yeah. Um, apparently, um, yeah, about it's about five six years ago, um, he was going to be doing like a performance of some of his um, scores in concert. Yeah. So he was uh, touting this would be part of that show. And was it? So it's come. Who knows? Who knows? Well, Who yeah, knows? I mean, it's a pretty... Um, I, I quite like it. But yeah, it's very... This pure... Fits the tone perfectly, put it that way. Um, so, yeah, I guess um, for anyone who wants to see it in action, um, I think check it out. I, I've no idea where you can get it, uh, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but so good luck to you, uh, if, you do, if you do manage to find it. Again... You can play it in an hour and a half, couple of hours. Um, and uh, yeah, it's weird. If you like your Blade Runner, you like your cyberpunk. And you know, that's still cool now. People still into cyberpunk. I mean, literally, you've got the cyberpunk 2077 game out. This is the original, put it that way. And it works, it runs better. So um, yeah, it's worth uh, it's worth having a look, I think, anyway, because I thought it was pretty great back in the day. The um, The soundtrack... Yeah, has been remastered and reissued oh. online in FLAC format on, uh, back in 2017. Smell my cheese. That's great. So you can hear it in its full glorious form if you uh, don't want to try and uh, find a CD-ROM that will work with your operating system. Bloody brilliant news. I might go and crank some of that out. <laughs> God, I do, I do love Ben Cycle. Um, yeah, okay, that's kind of it, really. I don't really know what else uh, else to say about it. It's just one of those things. Isn't just, it? uh, it's just, it's just the forgotten cult classic. It appears, but it's forgotten because none of the people involved in it want to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone's like strangely, you know, reserved about it. When I thought, um, I think it's a pretty, pretty decent game. Um, 
Cool. Well, yeah, if you've played it or you've got any information or whatever, then yeah, let us know because I want to hear uh, more about it and maybe we'll um, you know, uh, talk about it again in the future if we get some nice juicy information. Um, but yeah, it's a shame, Aaron Swartz. I really liked his character here. I don't know what he went on to do. He must have done some other bits and pieces, but um, this for me, he will always be Mr. Soul Cutter. <laughs> God rest his soul. Yeah, exactly. Cool. All right. Well, that's it for this week. So thanks for listening and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Bye, everyone. All right. Hey, guys. Thank you for listening to Oddcast Movies, Music and Gaming. If you want to get in touch with us or get a movie, album or game put on our list to discuss then email us at oddcastoddballs at gmail.com or a newwinterpodcast at gmail.com. This is part of a New Winter Podcast Network, so head on over to anewwinter.net to check out our other shows. You can also follow us on Instagram at anewwinter, Twitter at anewwinter, and you can head on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash anewwinter. Thanks for listening and see you again soon. 